Hey, a good Sunday morning, everybody, and welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. Spending another morning here out in the yard in a uh, Airbnb that I rented near Millvale, Pennsylvania, which is part of Pittsburgh, um, across the bridge from, well, let's see, I'm near New Kensington, I'm near Aetna. Uh, I'm across the bridge from, like, Lawrenceville, maybe? I forget what you call it, but... Um, not too far from uh, Bloomfield, which is one of my favorite areas, um, and really not too far from PNC Park. I mean, it really, I, last night, I left before the fireworks. Last night, it only took me 10 minutes, tops, tops, to get back here, um, because a lot of people were still at the stadium watching the fireworks. Um, I've seen fireworks, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't mean to sound like an old grouchy guy, but um, I've seen them. You know, um, 53 years old yesterday was my birthday and I enjoyed the game. My wife got me good tickets. We even moved down a little bit towards home plate to watch some baseball. Um, let's see. We got to see a couple interesting things. Um, JT Romuto hit a big home run. Um, Cal Mitchell hit a home run. I mean, the problem with the Pirates offense, I think, is that you get us and this is baseball in general, I guess, but. You get a home run. Somebody pops one once in a while, and that's the only excitement in the whole game offensively, you know? I mean, I know the Pirates loaded the bases, you know, at one point yesterday, and the Phillies loaded the bases in the first inning, but neither of those teams scored. Um, but it really hasn't been. It's been an offensively challenged year for the Pirates, and it's been an offensively challenged series here. Um, for the Phillies and the Pirates. Um, not a lot to go on other than in that first game on Thursday night, um, the Phillies scored seven runs pretty early on against Thompson. And then the Pirates came back with seven runs in the last two or three innings um, to lose eight to seven. But I mean, the Pirates have lost 11 out of their last 13 games. Um, I told you guys that this sort of collapse was coming. Um, or at least, you know, I thought this was coming. You know, I'm not going to tell you that I can predict the future. Um, but, man, it doesn't look good going forward either. Um, I was looking at the schedule. There's a lot of Brewers. There's some Cardinals. There's some Yankees. There's some Mets. There's some Red Sox. I mean, there's not a lot of games where you're like, they play the Reds a few times. They're almost done with the Cubs. Um, but there's not a lot of games where it's like, yeah, the Pirates could possibly take this series. I mean, they did sweep the Dodgers at one point. So anything can happen over the course of 162 games. But we're getting to the point where um, the Pirates have managed in April and May um, as if every game was the World Series. And now, like, some of that bullpen is worn down. But really, if you want to come down to it, um, it's just that this team has no offense, you know. Yeah, Cal Mitchell might hit a home run once in a while. But he's batting 200, 220, something like that. They're all about 200 to 220. Um, Diego Castillo has hit some home runs. But I think he's at 199 right now. Um, O'Neill Cruz has hit some home runs, but he's batting 205. You get so many of these guys. And these are the younger guys that I'm mentioning. Because I'm really tired of the, um, of the idea that if we didn't have Yoshi and Van Meter, that the team would be more interesting to watch. I mean, not really, you know, not really that much. Let's put it that way. I don't think either of those guys started last night and the team had like six hits the whole game, you know. 
So it's not like that's the problem. Um, the problem is everything, the whole system from top to bottom, the whole idea of trying to put a team together for 50 million bucks every year, you know? But I mean, if you're not good at drafting young guys and at least getting good young guys in your system, um, like the Rays or like the Indians or, you know, the Guardians or whoever they're called right now, if you're not good, if you're not like a couple of those teams that are pretty good at that, like the ones that I mentioned, you know, you could maybe throw the Twins in there, but the Twins at least spend money once in a while. Um, it's not good, you know. Even the Marlins, who do draft well, who find a lot of good pitchers, are under 500, you know, into the re- well into this rebuild or what you want to, if you still want to call it a rebuild. I mean, I think most Pirates fans now recognize that this is not like. We can't just call it the rebuild as if there's a plan and, you know, you're going to be good in 2024. It's basically a constant vetting of bad signings, you know, like guys that were DFA'd other other places and mediocre young guys, you know, to come up and get a cup of coffee in the in the major leagues. You know, guys like um, Travis Swaggerty or Cal Mitchell, you know, guys that... um. They really aren't major league players, you know. Even Mar- Marcano has a shot to be a major league player because he's hitting right now, you know. And if he can hit, we know he's a good defender. Um, we know that Jack Sawinski has a shot to be a major league player because he's just got enough pop. And I think, you know, they're probably sending him down to the minors to get his Super 2 in order and to make sure he doesn't, you know, finish top three in Rookie of the Year. But, I mean, if this does help him get some hits other than home runs you got yourself a pretty good left fielder there if he does that you know so I mean some of these young guys might pan out um but for the most part you know it's been a very disappointing year as far as the minor leagues go and as far as some of their draft picks have gone um Carmen Mladinsky comes to mind as a guy that started out good got hurt and really has not been that good for the most part for over a year now um, Henry Davis is just about as bad as you could have done as a number one overall pick. I mean, you pick the guy number one overall, and he can't even stay healthy, you know? Getting on the field is the most important part of being a player. And you hear that in the NFL a lot, you know? And speaking of that, let me regress for a second. It's a beautiful summer morning. I'm here in my shorts, no shirt on, no shoes on, just sitting in the backyard because I got a nice fence or whatever. And I'm not like freezing cold, right? And I think you got to think about this. Like, I love the fall and I really enjoy football season, just as we all do, you know? Uh, all week long, you kind of look at the matchups and then Sunday, you get to watch all the games at the same time. And maybe you bet a couple of those games. Um, you probably play fantasy football. And you might have a team that you watch. Now, I particular, I don't really have a team that I watch. Um, I follow the Eagles and the Steelers. And I'm trying to think, like, other than that, I don't think there's a team that I follow. I, I follow the Bengals a little bit. Um, but a team that I really follow um, year in, year out. To me, it depends on who I draft in my fantasy football league as to who I might be watching, you know. And I'm not sure what my strategy is going to be this year. I do want to get a good quarterback because the years that I've done well, I've gotten a good quarterback, but I've gotten those quarterbacks late in the draft as well. So I don't know, man. Like, 
you can't jump at a quarterback in the first three rounds of your fantasy football draft. Um, you just got to make sure. Maybe you take a couple swings at guys with upside in the eighth, ninth, and tenth rounds. You know what I mean? Um, that's probably going to be my strategy. But you go for a couple um, running backs. You go for some athletic wide receivers. You know, um, and then. You try to get your quarterback, and you hope that you have a good fantasy football team. But whether you do or not, I mean, I think everybody enjoys what the NFL is, you know, Sundays, Monday nights, um, even Thursday nights now. And they're even thinking about adding some extra nights in there. Um, this year is particularly interesting because the Steelers have a not just a rookie quarterback, but a guy that went to the University of Pittsburgh. Um, so that is going to be an interesting year. And it's the first year without... Ben Roethlisberger, who threw out the first pitch, I think, of, of Friday night's or Saturday night's game. It looks like he put on a few pounds, <laughs> you know. But um, why not, you know. I mean, he's retired. Why not just enjoy yourself, you know. Um, but, yeah, that it's been a long time since that happened, right, since Ben Roethlisberger wasn't the opening day starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, the Eagles have um, a guy who's sort of in it on his last chance, an athletic quarterback that's on his last chance, you know. Can he throw enough to be um, an NFL quarterback? Really, we don't know. I mean, the jury's out on that, right? And the other team I mentioned, the Bengals, they have a great quarterback. Can they put it together and get a, um, a Super Bowl under their belt? Because it's been a while since they got a Super Bowl. It's actually pretty similar to the Milwaukee Brewers where they have a great pitching staff. And can they hit enough to get a World Series this year? You know, um, it's a long shot. You know, I mean, obviously you got the Yankees, you got the Mets, you got the Dodgers, you got other top line teams. It would be a long shot for a team like the Milwaukee Brewers to um, get a World Series, but they're sort of a small market, just like um, the Bengals are in the NFL. Now, market size doesn't really matter in the NFL because they all spend around the same money. <clears throat> you know. Um, they might spend more on coaching, but they all spend about the same money on the product on the field. So um, market size isn't really a factor when it comes to you know who's going to win in the NFL. But I think my point is that you should appreciate these days. Like last night, I was at the baseball game, and it was just a really nice night. Yeah, it was warm. It was definitely warm, especially with all those people crammed into the stadium. Uh, I think it's maybe the only sellout this year. Um, 39,000, one of the highest crowds ever at PNC Park. I mean, all those people crammed into the stadium, you know, about half Phillies fans, half Pirates fans, maybe, maybe 60% Pirates fans. But, um, you know, it was a nice night, you know, because after we left the stadium, we had parked downtown and, uh, we ate at a nice Thai restaurant downtown. If you don't eat Thai food, you should, you know, try the, um, the green curry beef or green curry chicken, whatever you're into. Get some of the appetizers um, because this was a really good experience eating Thai food and getting a Thai iced tea in downtown Pittsburgh before the baseball game started. Um, but yeah, just a really nice night. The clouds were really nice. The cl- it was partly cloudy, but the clouds that were there looked really neat with the moon. You know, you got to see... Um, a fireworks. If you were in Pittsburgh, you know, you got to see the fireworks. But I guess the point is, in Pennsylvania, we had the change of seasons. And you should always remember that you get just a few, week, a few months 
to really relax, sit outside, enjoy your family. You know, if you have kids, they're off. If you have a spouse that's a teacher, they're off for the summer. You get to go to picnics, you know. You get to cook out. Just in general, you know. I I mean, it's probably the best stretch of weather you get um, from May to about October. So May, June, July, August, September. So you get about six months of the year where it's decent. And then you get from November and December, which are okay because you have um, football really, you know, rocking and rolling. You get January and February where you're after the um, Christmas and all that stuff. But January and February really suck unless you take a vacation somewhere. And then when you get to March, things get kind of decent because you get um, spring training. You know, and then once April hits, it's still cold. But you get the baseball games. So, I mean, I love Pennsylvania, you know. We are thinking about retiring somewhere in Pittsburgh, which I touched on yesterday. I really like the city. And I've lived in San Francisco, Chicago, Philadelphia. I've lived in a lot of really, 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 really great cities. Um, but I really like just Pittsburgh, you know. I just like the people. I like the beauty of it, you know, the parks. Um, The downtown, the sports, the black and gold. I mean, Pittsburgh is just fantastic. I'm not a Penguins fan, but I'm just not into hockey in general, you know. But I really like Pittsburgh. It's near Slippery Rock where I went to college. It's near IUP where my son is going to college. Pretty much everything about it. And here's the thing. If I'm going to live in a warm weather place, it's not going to be all year round, you know. Like, if I got a place in um, Arizona, I would only go there during the winter, you know? And that might still happen when I'm in my late 60s, 70s, you know? Because the cold weather just bothers you more as you get older. And hey, one slip on the ice, man. You break your um, your hip, and you go downhill in a hurry, let me tell you. Like, you might be a really young person, but once you break that hip, you know, whether you're at 68 Six seventy-five, seventy-eight. No matter how old you are, if you take that one big fall, you age in a hurry. You know. So yeah, I mean, I would consider that. You know, I pr- I much prefer out west, like Arizona, um, to um, Florida. I'm just not a big Florida fan. It's fun, you know. You get spring training baseball, but overall, I don't like Florida. You know. Um, so yeah, I would probably do out west somewhere if I was going to get a split home, you know. Now we'll see what the wife wants to do. But as far as finding a place in Pittsburgh, I, you know, those lofts, the old Heinz um, factory, those lofts, like I said again yesterday, you get seventeen hundred bucks a month. You get a parking spot and you can have pets. And if you can afford that, you're living in the city. You're renting. You know, it it was a lot of fun. You know, people were out drinking wine or whatever. They have a little dog park area. I mean, that is a pretty nice quality of life, considering that you got a park right right outside your door, right along the river where you could walk. Um, or if you want to take an Uber into the city, you have so much to do from the south side to Shady Side to Squirrel Hill to um 
all those other neighborhoods I mentioned, Oakland is fun. Uh, Bloomfield is one of my favorites. What about some of those other areas like East Liberty, you know? I mean, pretty much the entire city is just really enjoyable, you know? If you want to just go out, get a nice bite to eat, you know, take a walk. Like, I really like Pittsburgh. And like I said, it's affordable, you know what I mean? So, um, that right there, for me, gives this a nice place to retire. So I went off on a long tangent, but my point is you should really appreciate these months, you know, and get outdoors, you know, and not just sit on your couch and get fat, you know, and drink Iron City. Um, You should really get out and enjoy your life, you know, whatever it is, you know, you might be catching a baseball game in the minor leagues, you know, you might be going down to um, PNC Park, you might just be going to the park with your dogs, or like I said, you might be going to like a family reunion or something like that. Or taking a walk with your kids. Whatever it is. Even if you're sitting on your back deck, as you know that I like to do. Um, enjoy these months, you know. And enjoy the change of seasons if you're in an area like Pennsylvania. Because it's it's probably, I've been all over the country. It's probably the nicest state from top to bottom, from left to right. It's got everything you could possibly want, you know. Other than beaches, Pennsylvania has everything you could possibly want, you know. And would you really want to live in New Jersey? I mean, you got the beaches, but New Jersey is expensive and it's very densely populated. Um, so that's that. I mean, I know I have some friends that live in like North Carolina, South Carolina. Yeah, those areas are really nice. But for me, give me the Pennsylvania Hills, man. You know, give me Penn State. Give me Pittsburgh. Give me Philadelphia. Give me Scranton. You know, like the entire state of Pennsylvania, I really like. Um, As far as the game yesterday, I don't know what we could talk about other than O'Neill Cruz. And I pretty much told you this before he made his debut. You know, he's not a lock to be a great player. You know, he hasn't been that particularly good in the minor league. He's been playing in the minor league since he was 17 years old. And he's got great tools. He's exciting, but he hasn't been that particularly good in most of those minor leagues, you know, he was really good for the last month and a half of last season. And that's mostly what he's put together, you know, and he just makes mental errors, which I told you about, you know, he takes plays off. Um, and this Philly series has not been kind to O'Neill Cruz. I don't think he got any hits. Like I said, he's batting under 100 probably in the last week and a half, maybe 100. Um, but he um, failed to run out of ground ball. On Thursday night, when we were in that rally and had a shot to take the Pittsburgh or the Phillies game, to really put a different taste into the series. Um, the next night, he gets he forgets to touch second base, running back to the base, and then last night he gets picked off. When you know you could at least tie the game, you know, just bunt the runner over. I mean, it's O'Neill Cruz; he's got speed. You bunt the runner over. You got a runner on third with less than two outs. And all you got to do is hit a ground ball because, again, you got O'Neill Cruz on base. Well, he goes and gets picked off, you know, and this was after he struck out to pinch hit in the bottom of the ninth. So, yeah, he has not been a great player. I warned you that he might not be a great player, that he was certainly not a lock to be a great player, you know. And there were several reasons for that. And most of those reasons have panned out, you know. The holes in his swing, 
you know, the mental errors. The one thing that's been better than expected has been his defense, you know. Um, He's been an apt shortstop, you know. He'll make some mistakes here and there, but he's he's shown the ability to have pretty good range and a good arm. So I'm happy with his shortstop play, and I think a lot of that has to do with playing next to um, Key Brian Hayes, which is a good shortstop, you know. Um, but yeah, other. I mean, it's going to be a again. This is two years in a row. Remember, I told you last year that the crowds in in um, mid August to the end of the year are going to be really, really, really sparse. Well, we're going to have that again. You know, you're going to have that those weeknight games where there's like three or four hundred people in the seats. You know, I mean, we got another year of that. You know, and that is what you're going to get when you have a payroll of forty or fifty million. Um, you're just going to have these really sparse crowds, you know. People aren't going to be into baseball. In fact, this Philly series is one of the last exciting times you have at PNC Park this year. Um, the Mets are coming, the Yankees are coming, and the Red Sox are coming. But other than that, you know, sparseness is what you're going to see um, from now until the end of September, you know. And you're going to see just some disappointing players. I mean, Marcano hopefully comes up and does well, you know. Um, Jiwon Bay, I don't have a lot of hope in that guy, but maybe, you know, maybe. I guess there's always a possibility, you know. But we've already seen enough of certain guys, you know. Well, Bly Madris is down to like 220 now. I love the guy, but do we ever think that he was going to be a major league player? Not an everyday major league player. Cal Mitchell probably doesn't have a good enough arm, even though he's gotten some good games last week. He probably doesn't have a good enough arm to be even a part-time player on a major league, like a major league team that you expect to sniff 500. Not that the Pirates are ever going to do that, but you want to do a little bit better than Cal Mitchell, you know, as like a um, a guy that's going to play as a uh, as a utility guy. You're probably going to want to do a little bit better than um, Diego Castillo, but I don't know, man. I kind of like Diego Castillo, you know, like his defense is good enough. He plays the infield, the outfield, and he's got enough pop in his bat to where he could be a, a bat off the bench. Like, I certainly like prefer him to Cal Mitchell. Um, but we don't have many other guys that I can think of. Like, most of the young guys have been disappointing. Like I said, you couldn't have done much worse with the first overall pick than Henry Davis. Um, it, it's not looking good for um, Nick Gonzalez. You know, he had a great end of the year last year. But he's a smallish guy, you know, and he's been injured forever this year, you know. So I don't know if he is going to be an average second baseman, you know, or if he's going to be a below average second baseman. And you're talking about a guy that was drafted with the number one overall pick, you know. So there's not a lot of hope in this minor league system. Lyover Paguero is a big guy, but he can't play shortstop, you know. Um, They tried him at second base. He wasn't much better there. You know, for Lyover Paguero, he really has to be a designated hitter, probably. Or maybe a first baseman, because he's a big guy. But the problem with Lyover Paguero is um, his OPS is only like 730 right now, you know, in double A. So he's been disappointing. Do you really expect a guy like that to come up and be an impact player on a major league team, you know? So we got so many of these guys disappointing in the minor leagues. You know, you really want to see a guy hit the cover off the ball in the minor leagues. You want to see someone demand a promotion 
in the minor leagues, like Brian Reynolds did before he came up. He got really hot, you know? And the only reason he came up at the time was because there was an injury. But that's why you want to have, like, a good major league team. And then you want to have some guys really tearing the cover off the ball in the minors that can come up, you know, in the case of emergency. But the problem is um, we have bad players, and then we have mediocre guys coming up, you know. So there's not a lot. There's not a lot to root for. The um, the draft is over. Hopefully, we get to see some of those guys in in uh, September because a lot of these minor league seasons are going longer this year. But the draft is over. The trade deadline's going to be over. And it's just going to be the dog days of Pirates, man. And they have a pretty tough schedule, you know. So whether they finish with 60 wins, 62 wins, 64 wins, you know, 58 wins is what I predicted. Um, It's not going to be that exciting, you know. And every day that this losing streak goes on, you see less and less people on Twitter tweeting about the Pirates. Because there's less things to be excited about, you know. So I don't know where we're headed, you know, but I like to think that I do this podcast and maybe I get less listeners as the year goes on or whatever, you know, or maybe some of the fanboys don't want to listen anymore, you know, but I try to at least give you an honest assessment, you know, like if the team stinks and I don't think the team is heading anywhere, I'm not going to blow smoke, you know, about the rebuild or whatnot, you know, if, if people turn it around, you know. Like, there are some things to be excited about, you know, like Burroughs, Priester, Gorski earlier in the year, um, the way Marcano's hitting right now in his defense. There's a handful of things to be excited about. The starting pitching's been decent, but not much, not nearly enough to think that this is going to be a good team in 2023 or 2024. I know 2024 is a long way off, but my initial assessment is it's not looking good. And there's cars going by and the dog is barking. So I'm going to end this podcast because it's probably getting in the way. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the summer was the whole point of this, you know. And enjoy your life in general. We love you. The dogs obviously hate you. The devil loves you. Peace out.